Amen. Good morning, Minister Gardner. Good morning, all the people of God that are viewing us right here on our live. Uh, we honor our senior leaders, our Apostle Willie and uh, past and Apostle Mamie Talbert. And to you, once again, to you, all the great people of God, uh, just say good morning to you. And I'm so glad that you're here to join us. And so, Lord God, we just thank you for just you being a central focus of our faith, of our life in you. We thank you, Lord God, that as we go through your word on this morning, that you would just begin to just uh, just continue to just revive us and refresh us and renew us, God. Uh, we just thank you right now for just healing and wholeness being you being uh, manifested in the lives of your people. Lord God, we just honor you right now for wisdom, knowledge, and the Santa Mike counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, and the kingdom of sermon and tongue learned. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And so today uh, I want to talk to you about what it means to be in Christ, what it means to be in Christ, because uh, we understand that, you know, this this week, uh, you know, the universal Christian churches are or the church around the world is celebrating Holy Week, uh, which leads up to Easter. Um, and so today is formally Palm Sunday you know, on a Christian calendar. And so it, it it's really important that we really understand why we're celebrating them. Because think about even Palm Sunday, how, you know, they, they threw out the palms and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, throwing out their coats and the palms. And, and they're celebrating the king entering into the city, but they, they didn't really know him. They didn't really understand what their relationship uh, to Jesus should be. Um, and so we want to talk about what it means to be in Christ on this morning. So the scripture that we're going to be uh, start as our foundation text will be Ephesians 2, verse 10 to 13. Ephesians 2, verse 10 to 13. And so it starts out like this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we will walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so we need to understand if we're going to really walk out our, our walk as Christians, as those that are tied and connected and, and bound to Jesus Christ, then we need to understand what it means to be and have our existence in Christ. Um, and so none of the other stuff that you you hear about or read about in the scriptures um, can happen outside of Christ. You know, the, the miracles, the signs and wonders, uh, true miracles and signs and wonders, because we know that the devil uh, is prophesied in the last days that the devil will have those that, that do false miracles uh, and, and wonders. Um, but if you want to operate in a true power of the Holy Spirit and, and actually have the power of God functioning through your life, then you have to live your existence in Christ. And so this scripture talks about how we are his workmanship. And in other 
uh, translations of the scripture, it says that we are his masterpiece. And so the first thing that you need to understand about your identity in Christ is that you are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Um, a lot of people, you look at yourself in the mirror and and a lot of times, you know, you, you don't really think that much of yourself sometimes when you look in the mirror. Let's be honest. You know, you look in the mirror. I mean, the, as I get older, you know, I look in the mirror and sometimes I'm like, man, where's the body I had when I was 20 years old? You know, but we now understand that regardless to what your shape is, regardless to what you look like, you are God's masterpiece. OK, you are God's masterpiece. And, and then it says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good works. And so your purpose, the plan and destiny that God has created you for is so that you would do good works. But you have to open up yourself to God's strategy in order to bring about those good works, in order to know where those, as we talked about on Wednesday, those divine appointments are so that God can do those good works through you. OK, and so what we need to look at ourselves as God's masterpiece, as, as as God's handiwork, God's workmanship we need to see ourselves now as blessings looking for somewhere to happen. We need to look at ourselves as blessings looking for somewhere to happen. So when you pray for those divine appointments, again, you can listen to the Wednesday uh, message. Uh, but if you, uh, you, you, you want to understand what those divine appointments uh, are for or, or what, why does God set up those divine appointments? And then when I get to those divine appointments, because I'm praying for them now, okay, because remember, we said that we would start praying daily. God, thank you for divine appointments. So I'm praying for divine appointments so that then God could direct me and God could, could uh, uh, order my steps to where I am a blessing looking for somewhere to happen. We are blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed just so that we can boast in the blessings that God is blessed, is, is lavished upon our lives or, or, or releasing upon our lives, but we're blessed to be a blessing. So, so as a blessing looking for somewhere to happen, God, thank you for divine appointments. So when I get to that divine appointment, that time, that space, when, when everything lines up to where I'm at that divine appointment, then I can actually manifest the blessings through my life now. Okay. And so in Christ. So he said he wants us to walk in them, those divine appointments. So then it says that, uh, therefore, it says that formerly you were Gentiles in the flesh you, you and by the, the circumcision or by those that thought they were in. Because those people that threw the palms and threw the coats down, they thought all of them thought they were in. OK, they're, they're like they're like, OK, you know, hey, the king is here. The king is here. But they were looking for Jesus to come actually a certain way. They were looking for him to come a certain way because even his disciples, they they actually blurted out, you know, let it slip what they were thinking, what what the what the populace, what the group was, was thinking. They thought that Jesus was going to come as a conqueror who was going to like cause a revolution and 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 dethrone and, and uh, unseat the Roman Empire from that particular part of the world. But Jesus came not so much as to uh, dethrone earthly powers in, in an immediate moment or sense, but he came so that spiritually speaking, he could dethrone the principalities and powers that were over that region, that were over the people of God. And, and so because as, as Christians, as believers, you know, we need to understand 
that Jesus has set us free. He's redeemed us. He's purchased us back because Adam, you know, Adam essentially spiritually, if we want to use a spiritual metaphor, Adam essentially took us to the pawn shop and gave us away. We, we, we were, he was deceived. He and Eve were deceived. Okay. And so Jesus had to come the way he came in order to purchase us back in order to ransom us back because we were kidnapped. We were, we were, we were in the hands of a, of an intruder, of a, of a, a evil force of a, a despot. We were in his control. And, and, and so Jesus is coming as the king of all kings, a king that, that his authority extended beyond the natural realm into the spiritual realm. And he had to dethrone he had to unseat. He had to strip them of their power because people were walking around in deceptions with their eyes closed. And so, so they thought they were in. And so then he said that you were, you at that time, you were separate. You were separate. So if he uses, if Paul uses the past tense were, that means that we no longer are. Okay. We no longer in Christ, we no longer are separate from him because the scripture tells us what he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so we are no longer separate from him, but we're in Christ. So you were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. So there was a favor. There was there was a blessing, the spiritual blessing that was entitled to the, 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 the people of Israel. You know, there was a, a blessing that was entitled to them that we were excluded from outside of him. But now we're in him and we're no longer excluded, but we're now included. OK, we're now included in the commonwealth of Israel, in the commonwealth, in the commonwealth. OK. All right. Think about those words. Commonwealth. All right. Uh, and then said strangers to the covenant of promise. Now we're no longer strangers to the covenant, but now we're actually part of that covenant. We're actually one of the parties that is bound to that covenant. It says at that time before, this is not now, but before you had no hope and you were without God, you were set, you didn't hear yet the message that brought you to faith in Christ. And so you were a stranger. You didn't have any hope, but now we have hope in Christ. Now we are actually a party to the covenant of promise in Christ. Now we're a part of the commonwealth of Israel in Christ and now we're with God in Christ all right and so we've been brought near by the blood we've been brought near by the blood and so here's the thing so when we take our place we begin to assume our new creation rights and privileges in Christ then we will finally understand that we now have a direct connection to God the Father we're now we have a direct connection to God the Father by blood the blood of Christ all right and so moving on, we have to understand that in him we have redemption. That's and that can be found in Colossians 1:14, John 17, verse 15 to 23, and in Romans 3, verse 21 to 26. And so Colossians 1:14 says, What? We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him. The forgiveness of sins in him. Okay. John 17, verse 15 to 23 says, What? I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the word of God. 
sanctify them by your truth by the truth your word is truth okay and so there's something about that the truth okay there's there's not many truths the truth there's only one truth and that truth is found in the word of god those people that that say oh well my truth no if your truth is not in line with the word of god then your truth is not the truth okay your truth is merely an opinion it's not a fact and so as you sent me into the world i also have sent them into the world so we are not supposed to be saved. We're not supposed to be. Uh, we're not supposed to be saved so that we can go into a nice church building and just have uh, have weekly conferences, you know, with each other and say, "Oh, isn't it wonderful to be saved?" No, but He sends us out into the world, just like He was sent out into the world. Okay, and so then He says, "I sanctify myself for them." So they also may be sanctified by what again? The truth. And what is the truth? The word. Okay? The word is truth. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message. So there are people who are going to believe. So this was a this was almost like a, a, a shockwave that had that had sent reverberations or or sent waves throughout the generations so that the the initial recipients of that message would not be the only ones impacted but it would impact anyone who believed on the message it would be con contagious all right and so what does he pray also for us may they all be one as you father are in me and i am in you May they also be one in us so that the world may believe you sent me. And so if we want the world to believe in Jesus, then we have to stop our bickering. We have to stop our arguing over denominational differences. And we have to unite under the, the truth of God's word. And it, it's, it's the truth that is the same it's the truth that is the same. The word of God is the same. And so regardless to what your flag is, whether you're, you're Baptist, Methodist, whatever, the word of God is the word of God. And that is what we're to be under the common belief of the word of God. Not what I say or what, you know, oh, well, this the founder of the this uh, denomination always said that you butter your bread from from the left to right. No, but then the founder of that denomination said, no, you butter your bed from right to left. No, but the important thing to understand is that we are all saved by grace and that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again for all of us. For all of us, okay? And so the world will believe once they start seeing us come together again. When they stop seeing us being divided and, and on our side of the fence and, and in competition with each other, then the world will begin to believe. They will begin to believe the, the Jesus that you proclaim. All right. It says, I have given them the glory you have given me. May they be one as we are one. Okay. I in them and you are in me. May they be made completely one so the world may know. So the world moves from believing to now knowing 
you have sent me and have and have loved them as you have loved me. And then let's go to Romans 3, 21 to 26 says, but now apart from the law, God's righteousness has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. That is God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all, to all who believe, since there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all needed to be saved. We all, and then there are people that still need to be saved, but we all need, nobody was born into the world saved. Regardless of how long you've been in church, you were not born into the world saved. Okay? And so they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so God pre presented him as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Okay. And so what we now need to understand is what do we have redemption from? So we have redemption from spiritual death. We have redemption from sickness and disease, and we have redemption from poverty. All right. And so when you say spiritual death, some people try to figure out what do you mean spiritual death? So before the life of God, before we received the life of God from Jesus Christ, we were spiritually dead, which is why we continue to live in sin and sin. Okay. But once the life of God entered into us, we were no longer dead in our sins, but we were now alive to Jesus Christ, alive to righteousness. So righteousness became our reality. Sin and death no longer was our reality, but now life and righteousness became our reality. And so people need to understand that we are given life so that we can now dispense life. Okay? And then we were redeemed from sickness and disease. We And we quote the scripture so often, by his stripes, we are healed. And so when we believe that, and when we begin to make that our confession of faith, and, and we accept that truth, okay, that we are redeemed from sickness and disease, and by his stripes, we are healed, then regardless to how severe the diagnosis may be, okay, regardless to how long you may have been suffering from that diagnosis, that is not your cancer. That is not your arthritis. That is not your high blood pressure. We need to top, stop taking ownership of sickness and disease. All right. A lot of believers are defeated by their own confession by saying, well, my cancer came back. Your, it was not your cancer. It was not your, you don't take ownership of cancer. It was not your cancer. Because you've been redeemed from sickness and disease, and you need to walk in that knowledge, knowing that the truth is that I have been redeemed from sickness and disease. Even if you're still going through treatments, even as you go through those treatments, start combining those treatments with the word of God. As you're sitting uh, with the chemotherapy, as you're sitting in that chair uh, going through the chemotherapy treatments, then you need to actually confess, even while you're sitting in that chair, by his stripes, I am healed. You need to confess, 
it, you need to confess that he is the Lord thy God that heals me. You need to begin to let the word of God reframe your thinking to where you no longer look at cancer as a death sentence. No, it is not your death sentence. It doesn't have to be your death sentence. All right. And so, and then we've been redeemed from poverty. And so this redeemed from poverty is not where we get material possessions to the point to where now we're boastful in it and we think we're supposed to overindulge in it, but we're redeemed from poverty. Why? Because there is resource that needs to go through our hands, through our bank accounts that need to be used to progress the kingdom forward. Okay. And progress the kingdom forward is not just you planting churches, but it's also kingdom businesses, kingdom initiatives. It, and remember, I, a while ago, I told you that most of the hospitals in the United States initially were begun by Christians, by churches. All right. But then over time, because we thought we were not supposed to have any connection to this world's goods. And so we renounced prosperity. We renounced uh, provision and resource. We, we renounced those things. Because we said, oh, no, they're evil because we saw people that overindulged in them and they weren't good for anybody else. But we have been given resource. Prosperity is not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a th bad thing when you keep it in proper perspective. All right. We're not blessed so that we can just hoard, but we're blessed to be a blessing. We need to begin to practice generosity. Again. All right. We need to we need to be the ones that fund these hospitals. We need to be the one that fund these schools. We need to be the one that fund kingdom businesses, businesses that are that are operated and owned by citizens of the kingdom of God. We need to be those those people. But that can only be happen when you realize what you have in Christ and what he wants you to do. What is your assignment? OK. That's those good works. The good works is, is the assignment. So when I understand my assignment it over the, and over the summer, the last couple of summers, you know, on, on the reels and stuff, you know, that song, I understood the assignment. And a lot of us are not understanding the assignment, which is why we're not positioning ourselves to receive and then steward well what God is trying to place into our hands. All right. And so. We're redeemed so that for God, so that we should be a kingdom of, and priest, be a kingdom and priest to our God. And that's found in Revelation 5, verse 9 to 10. Remember when uh, Israel, when Moses was supposed to go to Pharaoh, what did God tell him? He said, I want them to be a nation of kings and priests. I want them to be a nation of kings and priests. It was a compounded uh, function and operation. All right. But because they were not positioned to to actually understand and handle that well, because remember, when they came out of the wilderness, what happened? God wanted to speak to all of them all at once. But because they didn't want their responsibility, they didn't they weren't ready to receive that responsibility because they still had their own motives and agendas and their own motives and agendas took precedence over God's motive and agenda. And to the point to where when God spoke to them, they said, no, we don't want to hear him anymore. You speak to him and then give us what he said, because there is a responsibility when 
when you can actually hear the word, the voice of God, when God can speak to you and you can perceive his voice speaking to you and leading you, then there's a responsibility that you live under where you can't do what you think you want to do. And they didn't want to be in that place. They wanted to live whatever way they want to live without the responsibility that comes with hearing God and being in direct connection with God. But that was not God's original intention. God's original intention was so that they would be a nation of kings and priests, so that they would not only come back into their God-given authority, but then they, that they would also have a direct connection to God and they would be able to exercise that connection and influence the rest of the world with that connection as kings and priests unto God. That is why then Peter tells us what? That we are a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, not just priests for kings. No, we were king priests. And so when the church begins to understand that we are a king priest, that we're a kingdom of kings and priests, they understand that we have divine authority and that we have a direct connection to God to where we can actually hear God, we can see God, we can execute on his behalf the initiatives of God and the earth. And that is what God wants his people to do. God wants his people to take him out of the box and understand that you are royal and that you are a priest unto God. You have a direct connection. You no longer have to have somebody go in for you. All right. And I understand how you value and respect the preachers and pastors that, that are in your life, but your pastor is not supposed to be God to you. But God is God, and your pastor is supposed to teach you how to hear God and how to live with God, and then how to execute your divine authority as a king priest in the earth. Your pastor is supposed to build you up to that point to where you are no longer afraid of the devil. All right. And so it, here's what it says in Revelation. And they sing a new song. You're worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slaughtered and you redeemed people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will do what? Reign on the earth. They will reign on the earth. What did he tell Adam in the beginning? What did he what did he say he wanted man to do when man was in the earth? He told them, he said, I want them to have dominion. I want them to have dominion where? Not just in heaven, in the earth. I want them to have dominion. Let them have dominion in the earth. And we've forgotten the, that we're supposed to have dominion in the earth. And we uh, think that, the earth is supposed to have dominion over us, but that is not God's way. God's way is so that we will reign on the earth. Okay? And so in him we have an inheritance. And in your time, you can read Ephesians 1, verse 10 to 14, Acts 20, verse 32, Colossians 1, verse 12, uh, Colossians 2, verses 18 to 19, and Colossians 3, 24. And then all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him, Colossians 2, 3. And then, so in him, what, what else do we have? In him, we are supposed to actually uh, understand that we walk worthy of the Lord, 
that we are fruitful in every good work, that we have length of days, that we have riches and honor, that promotions and honor are due us, okay? And that we are the recipients of divine protection. All right? And so once you begin to understand this, then you begin to understand that favor is your portion in Christ. And so as I begin to wrap up, I just want to share a few uh, confessions with you, uh, which uh, talk about who you are in Christ. And so, and these will be actually on the, the ylmconnect.org website tonight. Uh, once the message is uploaded in, if you go to the sermons tab, you'll actually be able to see not only the video, the audio, but then below that, you'll actually see a download where you can download a PDF file of these confessions that I'm about to share briefly with you. And so uh, it's in, in Ephesians 2.10, what does it say? I am God's workmanship created in Christ unto good works, God's works. Okay. I'm a new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17. God has chosen me to be his very own. I am fearfully, uh, Thessalonians 1 verse 4. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 14 in Ephesians 2.10. Uh, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Philippians 4, verse 7. I have the greater one living in me than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, verse 4. And again, those are just a few. There are many more on, on that confession download that's going to be on our website tonight. Uh, but you can actually get those uh, confessions, download them, the PDF on our website. And then you can begin to confess those uh, confessions daily. Uh, those confessions are merely a starting point. But uh, I want you to just study the scriptures in its entirety, study the word of God, the Bible in its entirety, and begin to discover what God says about you and begin to add them to these confessions that I'm going to share with you on today. And so I pray that you are blessed with this word uh, about who you are in Christ. And there will be more. I'm going to continue to teach about who we are in Christ uh, because I really want your identity to be rooted and grounded uh, to the point to where you are an army that is rising up in the earth and that you execute that royal authority, that you execute that priestly office that God has ordained for you and that God will begin to stand up big in you. Amen. And so, Lord God, we just thank you right now for your people, for everything that you've given them in Christ, the redemption that you've given them in Christ, the inheritance that you've given them in Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for the promotions and honor. We thank you, Lord God, for the riches and honor being theirs, that they are blessed to be a blessing, that they are divine distribution centers of resource, that they are furthering kingdom purposes in the earth because you're giving them the resource to partner up financially with the kingdom uh, entrepreneurs, with the kingdom ministries, with the kingdom uh, nonprofits, you're actually giving them the resource to be benefactors and philanthropists. And so we think that that anointing is released on them now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that they are ready for their divine appointments, that they are blessings looking for somewhere to happen, that they are on their assignment, that they understand their assignment, and that they execute their assignment in Jesus' name, I pray amen amen and it's back into the hands of minister gardner amen complete deliverance finding and keeping total victory for your life by apostle willie talbert learn how to get delivered and stay delivered god's word shows us how to live in total victory live each day as a believer who is experiencing total victory and walking in complete deliverance 
Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Changing of the Guards Understanding Who Rules You by Dr. Mamie S. Talbert. Wake up and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn to pray until a change has taken place in the spiritual realm. Don't allow the wrong kinds of thoughts to thrive. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Partner with YLM financially using the following methods Text giving. Text give to 1 844 948 3895. Givelify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Cash app. Dollar sign. Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday Night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096, and the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of Apostle Willie Talbert, Dr. Mamie S. Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.